Hello, heads. Welcome back to Working Men's Pod, another episode of DNC in 23. I'm Alex, your host for today's episode, where we are talking all things Friday, June 9th at Wrigley Field in Chicago, the friendly confines. We're going to recap last night's show and precap what's up next on the Golden Road, which is more shows in Chicago. So let's get on with the show. This last night at Wrigley was Dead & Co.'s ninth time at this venue, which when they play there again tonight on Saturday, that will be their most frequented venue by my math. Right now they are in a dead heat between City Field and Wrigley, but Wrigley's going to take the edge temporarily at least on Saturday. And then I think that City Field will go back ahead later on this summer when Dead & Co. plays two more nights there. Kind of cool that they've done all of these shows at baseball stadiums. I feel like having been to one so far myself and you know speaking with a lot of people who have been at the other ballparks, the one that I went to is at City Field, but I know people who have been to Wrigley and um, Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies play, Dodger Stadium, obviously, where the Dodgers play. They do a really nice job, and it's cool that they have such open seating. Like There's a massive area that would be like the pit equivalent GA seating and so lots of space for people to spread out and dance and then also lots of seats Uh, one pro tip if you're looking to buy tickets for yourself for one of these baseball stadiums now that baseball fields have a net that runs along the entire first and third baselines the lowest level seating sometimes seems like it would be the best place to sit but if you're going to get a seated area anyway I've found that it's actually better to be in the second level because then you don't have the screen in between you and uh, the stage. And honestly, you're probably not that close to the stage anyway from from like the the seated area. So I don't know. Your mileage may vary, but to me, I think it's actually a little bit better to be on that second level and have a, a more clear line of sight if you want to see the band. But anyway... This venue is the site of some amazing Dead & Company shows over the years. I think that I do want to give a quick shout out to the one that is my favorite and I think many of your favorites as well. If you've been listening to this show for a while or if you've just been listening to a lot of these DNC and 23 episodes, then you've probably heard me mention it. Um, but the Wrigley Field show from September 18th, 2021 is the show that has the most upvotes of any Dead & Company show according to deadyversion.com. And I think if you just look at the set list, you can probably tell why that may be. I also think that this show was when they really started to just get completely avant-garde with their set lists. Um, some things that they like started doing at this show and have continued doing, the main one being a surprise post-space suite of songs. Um, so... I'll just quickly go through a couple highlights of this show on the twenty on the eighteenth of September in twenty twenty one. Althea opener, which the people loved. In the second set, they opened with China Rider, estimated eyes, then drum space, milestones, days between, then help slip Franklin, and then a double encore of broke down palace and touch of gray. So, just a pretty epic second set, and honestly, that's what they did last night too let's let's get into the set list so the show started at 6 40 local time earlier than they've been getting started on this tour and um, i think that's because wrigley is in the middle of a 
pretty residential area in Chicago. And so with a 1030 curfew, got to start a little bit earlier if you want to play three hours of music. So the band got on stage at 640, opened with a plan that they got through verse one and then never closed out. So keep that in mind if you're going to play Estimated Profits tonight. Uh, They took playing into Deal, then Tennessee Jed, Hurts Me Too, Ramble on Rose, Brown Eyed Women, a tour debut of Crazy Fingers, Dancing in the Street, which I think is also a tour debut. Oh, no, they played that once, actually. Um, And then the set break. So I missed a good chunk of this first set because I was in transit on my way home to Connecticut for the weekend. Um, And so when I joined in, it was on... Uh, it was midstream in brown eyed women and um i loved what i heard tremendously good solo from mayor and Comenti. and this song to me had the experience that i so love in grateful dead music and dead and company music where it feels like they're about to veer off the tracks like the solo is just getting like more and more fuzzy along the edges and more and more hectic and then they find a way to just land it and come back to um, back to the song and uh, just a tremendously good jam. They don't miss with this song, so it's I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, it was really, really great. I love this this first set. I think the set list is super interesting and, and powerful. So many of the songs that I think are songs that they play so, so well um, just loaded in here. I love the way they play, playing in the band, Deal, Mayor Always Smokes. Um, Ramble on Rose, they play really well. Hurts Me Too and Jed, also favorites of mine. So, I mean, it's it's kind of all killer, no filler so far. Crazy Fingers, tour debut. I'm not going to say it's my favorite Grateful Dead song or Dead & Company song, but it is just pleasant listening. Really nice jam in the back half. Mayer did this really cool ascending solo, and then he descended back down into the, into the last chorus. Um, that was just really satisfying. And then Dancing in the Street, not shockingly, uh, just a fun dance tune. And this was a very danceable version. O'Teal, absolutely crushing it on the bass, which is kind of what you need for a good Dancing in the Street because it's got that kind of funky kind of bass line that the piano also picks up on. And one thing that I thought was kind of cool about this Dancing in the Street was that Mayer, to me, was summoning every bit of Jerry that he could for the solo that he played on this. Like there are some songs like Brown Eyed Women, for example, where the solo that Mayer played, it would never be something that Jerry would play. It's a hundred percent John Mayer. This one was more Jerry-esque. The phrasings, the million notes (laughs) that he played on it. uh, It sounded great. So I thought a really fun way to end set one definitely had the people moving. Um, moving and grooving so they took a a nice long set break and then we got into set two so uh one of our our good buds zach cropper whose podcast rock talk with dr cropper you may have heard Uh, i've been on it before talking about pink floyd and zach's been on our podcast a couple times talking about europe 72 uh, he was at this show and he was texting us like some live reviews along the way and um he said after set one so far earthbound but excellent plane is the only remotely far out song thus far but they're definitely locked in especially john 
I would agree with that analysis, but it's nice to hear from boots on the ground that say the same. And um, that especially John point would come really in handy for us in the set two opener. So set two, they played Sugary, Estimated Profit, the other one, Terrapin Station, Drums in Space, and then the S's were wild. Stella Blue, Sugar Magnolia, Scarlet Begonias, and a Sunshine Daydream, Coda to end it, and then a U.S. Blues Encore. So set two, Zach's, Zach's text to us was outstanding tipping into transcendent if they pick up where they left off tomorrow whoa so um yeah set two was tremendously good i was only able to listen through drums um, but what i heard i loved so let's get into it sugary typically excellent they do not miss with this song much like i was saying for brown-eyed women or like i would say for deal this is just a song that they have absolutely dialed in the first solo by Mayer, like the shorter one, very patient. He was just taking his time with it. He found some space and was kind of letting it like simmer, I guess I would say. It was just really good. You know, I'm not saying it was like a a space segment, but he just, he let it breathe. And then the second solo was absolutely blistering. There was no letting it breathe. He got into some real, real shredding on that one and it was excellent. This breakdown that they do at the end of that solo where they take like the kind of halting, I don't know how to describe it other than that, um, but it's just like the these halting notes and tempos that they play at the end where they break it back down to the pre-chorus and shake it up now, sugary. So good and so satisfying, especially when you're in the barn and they have the lights locked in with it. You get the doom, doom. Don't don't and uh, the lights hit the right way. It's tremendous. I hope that um, those of you who are still have shows to go to this summer, I hope some of you guys get a good sugary. And I know that they still have more to bust out throughout the summer, but just a great version, a really nice way to open set two with just a powerhouse performance. I'd be curious to know how long this sugary was. If I had to estimate, I'd say something in the range of like ten to thirteen minutes. So like long, but not you know, crazy long. Uh, estimated profit was pretty long. Like that one might have been more like 20 minutes. I loved O'Teal's playing throughout this song. He was varying it so much along the way and really kept the song bubbling along while also adding in these really tasty little flourishes. And, you know, estimated is definitely a song that is bass forward. I mean, it's the first thing you hear on the album cut when you're there live, you pick up that bass first and foremost. And I think that when he is playing well aka literally every night of this tour so far because O'Teal has been absolutely locked in it just makes for a, a really really great estimated profit also Mayer has the tone absolutely on point for this song he has that wah working just the right way his guitar sounds phenomenal and his solo on this was excellent really beefy it just like kept going and going and going Uh, It was pretty much, I mean, I would just describe it as relentless. Like he was not ready to to let up. And that's kind of consistent with what Zach was saying about how he was like, these guys are loving it. He actually sends another note during Sugary that I think is even more relevant to this, which is John is too in love with this music to stop playing it. 
And I think that he meant that in a more global sense. Like he's not going to stop playing Grateful Dead music when Dead and Company wraps up this tour, you know, the final tour. But I also think that you could make a more micro assessment and say that he felt that way on this night at Wrigley Field. Like he was loving playing these songs and just wasn't ready to let up. If you listen to that estimated profit, I definitely think you'll you'll get that. One thing that was in his second solo on this song was a little slipknot tease. So I thought, you know, like I said, the show here in 2021 that's super beloved by the masses, they played a help slip frank post space. But this is only the second song of set two, so I was thinking maybe we'll get estimated into help slip Franklin into drums, or maybe it comes afterward. But no, we did not get any help slip Franklin. Um, despite the little tease that he worked into his second solo. Anyway, really good estimated profit. Kind of, in my opinion, I think that was like the focal point of this pre-drum segment because it was so good. Um, from here, they went into the other one, really powerhouse transition, um, and then a very long, very zippy intro. They kept the tempo hot. I loved the John and Jeff interplay, especially when they started doing some call and answer. And I think that Jeff was on his Rhodes piano at this point. Um, it's what it sounded like to me. Uh, I was not watching video. I was just listening, but that's what it sounded like. They, they sounded fantastic. And this was a really good, the other one, not quite as long as the estimated, I don't think, but still be still beefy. <laughs> like I just said for estimated, apparently that's my adjective right now. After the other one, they went into Terrapin Station. Very quick transition and a relatively short intro, but it was kind of, it just kind of worked because then Mayer coming back in on the vocals, it felt like an oasis. The The other one that they played was kind of menacing in a way, like it was intense. And then you get Mayer with these kind of sweet vocals over the top of the lady with the fan um, beginning part of Terrapin. And it's just smooth like butter. It it was just great. O'Teal gets another shout out on this song because he was just playing an absolute flurry of notes. It sounded so good. A great Terrapin station that then led us into drums. And cool beginning of drums with O'Teal on the space banjo and um, Mickey on that xylophone-ish instrument. I still don't know the name of it. But a great little intro and then you get drums and space and then like i said the s segment of the show stella sugar mag scarlet and sunshine daydream i did not hear the end of the show from space onward i i, I kind of had to tune out during space but i mean that's a very interesting closing segment i love the song stella blue that's like probably my favorite classic post drum space song you know, like comparing that to The Wheel or, I mean, even Warfrat. To me, Stella Blue is, I think, the most beautiful of those songs. So I love that they played that. And then playing it into Sugar Mag, that's great. I mean, you get like a total change in vibe and in tempo, get the people back up and dancing one more time. And if I were in the crowd, I would have thought, oh, okay, cool. They're going to close the second set with Sugar Magnolia. But lo and behold broke into a scarlet begonias amazing it's been so cool how they've been separating scarlet and fire and estimated in eyes 
uh, throughout this throughout this tour. Um, you know, it's not like it's unheard of. They've done that at times in the past, but I really think that the fact that they are getting even more creative with how they're working those songs in and not standing on precedent and you know requiring it to be a scarlet fire or an estimated eyes is really satisfying and you get moments like this where you get a surprise scarlet between sugar mag and the sunshine daydream coda i'm so excited to listen to this and hear how they brought it all together Uh, and then a u.s blues encore so i mean for my money a tremendously good set list if you were at this show you are a lucky dog Um, i hope that you enjoyed it I'm, i'm sure that you did so the band's next show is tonight, night two at Wrigley Field. So let's play America's favorite new game, Estimated Profits. So based on the last few set lists, the last couple times they've played at Wrigley Field, Dave and I are going to make a couple selections, some prognostications. We're going to prophesize a bit and tell you two songs that we think they're going to play. If you want to play along with us, you're more than welcome to. The person who has the most points at the end of the tour is going to get a nice heady prize package from Dave and I of things that we picked up so far along the tour and a couple of working man's pod stickers and a working man's pod t-shirt. So play along, uh, send us a note on Twitter at working man's pod, Instagram at working man's underscore pod, send us an email at working man's pod at gmail.com. Or if you are a Reddit user, go to the dead and company Reddit page. We're going to post a thread where you can respond with your picks. So yesterday, last night, I was 0 for 2 and Dave was 2 for 2. The man's hot, but I need to get back on track tonight. So I'm taking two picks that are, I don't want to say chalk, because if I wanted to just take chalk, I would take one more Saturday night, it's a Saturday night, and uh, playing in the band, because they opened a play-in last night, but they haven't closed it out yet. So I would expect that sometime around the end of set two tonight, they're going to close that loop and play playing in the band. I'm going to take Franklin's Tower. I think that we're getting to help slip Franklin tonight. And um, so I I feel pretty good about that pick. I think that it is a high probability selection. Dave is taking, he's got the middle two picks. He's taking Morning Dew and Casey Jones. Couple of good ones. They haven't played Morning Dew since Atlanta and they haven't played Casey Jones since Raleigh. So maybe do for both of those. But the next song I'm taking, they haven't played since Dallas. It's been more than two weeks, and that's Touch of Grey. I think we're going to get a a touch encore tonight. That is what I'm calling. So those are our picks. Submit yours and, and play along with us, and uh, that is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you for joining us once again to talk all things night one at Wrigley. Dave has got you covered. He's going to be back tomorrow to talk about what happens tonight. And um, until then, know our love will not fade away. 